I know you have heard this before. Work smarter, not harder. Ford has heard it too. That's why the Ford F-150 truck helps you get the job done in the smartest way possible. I mean, the pro-access tailgate alone is a game changer. It improves access to the bed and cargo, which makes it easier to load in tight spaces. See? Smarter. It's also got a mobile power source and pro power on board, so you can power up to 7.2 kilowatts outside your F-150 truck. That is definitely working smarter. And imagine what you can do with that power at your next tailgate party. Tough this smart can only be called F-150. Find your local Ford dealer at Ford.com. Pro access tailgate available starting spring 2024. See owner's manual for important operating instructions. This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average. Plus, auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Quote now at Progressive.com to see if you could save. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates, national average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. The following program is a PodcastOne.com production. He's a world champion wrestler, best-selling author, actor, and lead singer of Fozzie. Now, now he's rocking the podcast world. Yay! This, this, this is Talk is Jericho. Talk is Jericho. Starring Chris Jericho. Welcome to Talk is Jericho. The pot of thunder and rock and roll. And guess what? What day is it? It's Friday! It's Friday, Friday, gotta get down on Friday. The People's Podcast has arrived. Let's go for a ride! That one didn't work. The People's Podcast has arrived. Let's go for a ride. It's going to be dong, going to be dong, going to be dong, ding 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 People don't feel the rebound Baby, don't you understand People, don't you feel the creeper Come on, baby, take my hand La, 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 la It's gonna ding dong, don't ding dong, don't ding dong, don't do this La, 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 la La Always a favorite. Originally, I was going to try and do Honky Tonk Woman, but I don't have that type of uh, of coordination. So go back to the old favorite. Don't feel the rebel. Baby, don't you understand? Baby, don't you feel the creeper? <laughs> oh, it's great. All right, Jerichoholics, how in the hell are you? Today, Zach Ryder is going to be here. WWWYKA Broski. You know you're my broski, but now you're a hosky. 
He's got an iTunes song called Hosky. Go check it out now. But before we talk about that and so many other things with Zachy Boy, if you're digging this podcast, please subscribe, share, rate, and review it on iTunes. If you subscribe, you'll never miss an episode. And hey, let me give you a couple shout-outs to some of you who took the time to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment on iTunes. Jay Trendy and Cliffamall976 both gave Talk is Jericho a five-star rating. Doesn't get much higher than that. Thank you so much. So also did Captain Matt Sparrow. That's a great name. And Tim A said, I can't go without the twice-weekly dose of Jericho. I'm a Jericho-holic through and through. Thanks for doing this for me. Well, thank you. Tim A, for downloading the show twice a week. Thanks for telling your friends about us. I enjoy doing this show for you. Always a blast. Always lots of fun. And I appreciate the love. Also appreciate all the love for the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? Came out on Tuesday. Already number one on iTunes in the United States, Canada, Australia, UK. Got some chart action in Germany, uh, Saudi Arabia, which was awesome. France, which is always cool. On a worldwide basis, we have an amazing, amazing fan base. And just getting tons of, of, of awesome, awesome feedback on the Twitter. Ah! At Talk is Jericho, at Fozzy Rock, at, uh, what's mine? I am Jericho. Uh, we had a contest for the big Whiskey A Go Go show, which was an amazing, amazing show. We'll talk more about that next week. And thank you to um, Brandon James Stewart, at Big Brando 25, who hashtagged war at the whiskey on Talk is Jericho and won the pair of tickets. So that was for you to see the amazing extravaganza Fozzie at the Whiskey. Huge star-studded event. Tons of uh, dignitaries showing up and just an amazing show. We'll talk all about that next week. But the the record when it came out, it's interesting. When you do a, um, a record and you spend all the time to write it, record it, mix it, master it, all the publicity, and then you kind of sit on it for a few months. You're always a little bit scared as to, you know, what are people going to think about this record? Are they going to enjoy it as much as we do? Is it going to be as much of a game changer as we think it is? Um, you know, because we think this is the best record we've ever done, but you're always a little bit worried if other people feel the same, and apparently people do. Like I said, just getting amazing feedback for a lot of the songs. Um, Lights Go Out, number 35 now on the top 40. Also the theme for SummerSlam, which is a really cool deal. On top of that, uh, do you want to start a war? We just did the video shoot for that this week, which is going to be so incredible. I mean, we had fire and smoke and hot chicks dressed in army outfits doing a choreographed dance routine and we had nerds and we had uh live performance and we had behind the scenes performances and and uh uh, dream sequences and and then we did a rooftop sequence that had this drone helicopter uh with a camera on it that was flying over our heads it was just crazy it's like it was something out of terminator like i was expecting the thing to stop spy us and then like blow us all up with a missile which it did not do but that that uh i think is one of the coolest things i've seen in a long time i mean when i did robot combat league you saw how these robots are, are living giant fighting machines but to actually see them flying over your head it makes us realize that we're only a few years away from Skynet, from all the robots taking over. So um, thankfully, I'll have a place with them as kind of like their pet human, their pet monkey, because I was the host on Robot Combat League and then also uh, used the drone helicopter for the Do You Want to Start a War video, which is coming out probably within the next, I'd say, a month and a half or so. 
But the song that a lot of people are talking about, Died With You, is, is getting a lot of discussion tonight, getting a lot of discussion, Unstoppable, One Crazed Anarchist, which you heard here. Uh, but the one that a lot of people are talking about is SOS, a uh, cover of the famous ABBA song. And you might think, why did Fozzie do an ABBA song? Well, it's because it's the exact opposite of the type of song you would expect a heavy rock band to cover. And our only goal for this new record was, uh, the only rule that we had was there are no rules. We wanted to do a record that was diverse and not worry about, is it too heavy? Is it too poppy? You know, what do other bands sound like? What other bands do this? We just kind of threw all that out the window and wanted to make a record, let's say, the way that Queen used to make records in the 70s. They would have a pop song, a metal song, a disco song, uh, a rockabilly song, a ballad, all on the same album. And you loved it because it was Queen. Everything sounded like Queen. And we realized that, you know, when Chris Jericho's singing and Rich Ward is on guitar and Frank Fonsere is on drums... Uh, Billy Gray on guitar, that is going to sound like Fozzie. So we um, stuck to that uh, template. And we were backstage after playing a show with Anthrax in Leipzig, Germany, and had my iPod on shuffle. SOS came on, and I remember Rich and I looked at each other and was like, wow, this would make a great song to cover. The chord change is so dark, and it's such a depressing song, and the lyrics are very depressing as well. It's got this great kind of Ingve Malmsteen dream theater riff right before the chorus. And we're oh man, imagine if you could triple that with guitar and keyboard and bass all at the same time, how rad that would sound. And so we recorded it with the intention of making it a B-side. But it turned out so well that we decided to put it on the record and kind of damn the torpedoes, let's see what people think. And across the board, it's the song that people are talking about because it really works. It's kind of in the same vein as Five Finger Death Punch doing House of the Rising Sun or when Limp Biscuit did Faith, the George Michael song. Uh, I think Marilyn Manson did Sweet Dreams. Remember that? I mean, if you're going to do a cover tune, do something outside of the box and make it your own. And that's what we did. A rockified, heavy-fied version of the Abba Classic. If I guess I was from Sweden, I would pronounce that way. From the Abba Classic, uh, S-O-S. From the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? And I think after talking about it for the last five minutes, you know what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to play it right here. So crank it up if you haven't heard it. Yeah, this is Fozzie covering ABBA here on Talk is Jericho. Crank it up! Where are those happy days? They seem so hard to find. I tried to reach for you, but you have closed your mind. Whatever happened to our love? Wish I understood It used to be so nice It used to be so good
told you you're going to love it. Maybe a future single um, in a few months. So let us know what you think of the new Fozzie record. Shoot me a tweet on the Twitter at Fozzie Rock or at Talk is Jericho and tell me what your favorite song is from Do You Want to Start a War? And if you haven't got it yet, go to iTunes, go to Best Buy, go to FYE, uh, go to Walmart, anywhere fine music is sold. Support your boy, support Fozzie. Let's get this the highest charting Fozzie record ever. And that's in your hands. Don't steal the tunes. Pick them up and support the bands you love. And that's not just for Fozzie. That's anybody. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Talk is Jericho. All right. Uh, yeah, man. We're back stage here at the Paramount Theater in Long Island. L.I., bro. L.I., bro. Home <laughs> of, of Zack Ryder, probably uh, Long Island's favorite son. And when I pulled up this morning, I was like, man, I want to try and get uh, Zack Ryder on the show. And I was trying to get a hold of you yesterday, and you can't fade me, man. I didn't know if you had I was to... I was seeing Rocky on Broadway with the, uh, the Hosky. <laughs> <laughs> How is Rocky on Broadway? I loved it. I'm a huge fan of the movies, so yeah. I loved it. The songs were great. My seats were great. Uh, like I was telling you before, the ring like extends into the audience. It was awesome. <laughs> with the Hosky? Yeah, with the Hosky. So, yeah, you, so I, I, I was wondering why you weren't getting back to me, but I'm glad that you did. <laughs> yeah. And I even I even text Ziggler. I'm like, did the kid change his number? <laughs> He's yeah. like, why is he K-Fabian? I'm like, yeah, yeah the son of a... He won't, he won't call me back. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm glad that, that you're here. I mean, and this is Long Island. We're in the home... Of Zack Ryder, man. Is this a uh, five one six or six three one? I don't know. I'm not sure. This would I'm be a five one six guy. I'm, I'm a two oh four guy, so I don't know anything. It's like forty five minutes from where I live, so I'm okay. not sure. I should know this. You should I know. I should this. know all of Long Island. Yeah, and you shouldn't be like, you know, <laughs> not answering my calls and my texts, dude, bad. because I mean uh, the, my, it's funny because we've had a, a funny relationship over the years, but but you actually had uh, for one of your birthday parties. Yes, tell us about the kind of cake that uh, you had in ninth grade. I went to uh, WWF New York, as it was called at the time, the restaurant in Times Square. In Times Square, yeah. And uh, Chris Jericho was on my birthday cake. That was uh, that was. <laughs> That was an experience for sure. I love that restaurant. I don't know why it closed down. I used to go uh, there all the time. We used to play there too with yeah. Fozzie. We used to have shows there. Um, actually, the the house. This is funny. I remember one time we went. We we had a show there, and there was a guy that Linda McMahon had hired to do magic tricks okay. during the corporate uh, dinners and lunches that they used to have. And the guy was like, he would he would bend a fork in front of us, like literally, like here's a fork bending and do all these really crazy tricks. And the guy was Chris Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like in the world, they called it. Yeah, the, the world. world. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was like his first gig was doing tricks at, at Linda McMahon's, you know, corporate <laughs> uh, events. And I remember he was like super nice and kept giving me his card. If you ever want any leather gear made, just give me a call. And I was like, like I don't really want any leather gear made, but I appreciate your uh, right. your gumption. And it was Chris <laughs> Angel, man. So yeah, so the Chris Jericho birthday cake. Which was amazing. And what, what, was I like your favorite or something uh, like that? At the time, or? yeah. You, Edge, and Christian. You know, that's when I started to realize, okay, I'm definitely going to do this. And you were the smaller guys, quote unquote. Right, 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 so right. I knew I was going to be a smaller guy. So that's who yeah. I, I looked up to. Which is funny because that, so that was ninth grade. So what year is that? Like, that was 
2000, 99, 2000. Wow, so it was right when I first came yeah. in there. You were in ninth grade at the yeah. time. That's so funny yeah. because it's like I don't consider you to be that much younger. Cause I we, feel like in wrestling, like when you're friends, it doesn't matter how old they are, how young they are. Everyone's just together. You know yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you're get like, along with the certain guys sure. that you get along with. It doesn't really matter you know, how old or how, how young because right. we're all kind of on the same boat, right? We're all same schedule, same lifestyle, you know. Yeah, exactly. Now, w- now, when when you were a kid, uh, when did you decide that you wanted to? Did, were you a wrestling fan? Huge wrestling fan. That's the only thing I ever wanted to be. Uh, mm-hmm. Ever since I was a little kid, I just never grew out of it. Like all mm-hmm. my friends grew out of it. We all had the wrestling buddies and the toys, and you know that's who we were for Halloween. And eventually, I was the only kid in my school <laughs> who liked wrestling. You know, and then the Attitude Era was cool again with the DX and the NWO shirts. But I was always a wrestling fan. It's the only thing I ever wanted to do. And uh, just nobody really took me seriously until it was time to go to college. I'm like, yeah, I'm going to go to a community college and go to a wrestling school. And my friends were like, oh, we're going to go drink. You know, my yeah, parents yeah. Were like, oh, what are you talking about? You're not going to college, you know. So I went to a community college just so my parents would pay for my wrestling school. Did you used to go to see ma- the matches at Nassau Coliseum? Yeah, Nassau Coliseum, Master Square Garden, everywhere. What were uh, some of your favorite matches that you saw live when you were a kid that's, that you remember? Uh, I saw Shawn Michaels versus Razor Ramon at WrestleMania 10. The oh, you were there? The match I was there. Oh, wow. Uh, that was awesome. Um, I'm sure I saw a lot of Chris Jericho matches. <laughs> How was it being there? You remember WrestleMania 10 because it was also the famous... Uh, Owen Hart, Bret Hart. Yeah, Owen Hart, Bret Hart. Too, right? That was just a great event. Uh, I remember we got seats like last minute. My dad got us some tickets somehow. They weren't the best. They weren't, you know, the worst. So we were just happy to be at WrestleMania. With WrestleMania in the yeah, garden, in no the less, garden, too. Yeah. I remember I watched that show. I was in Smoky Mountain at the time, and me and Lance Storm and, and the bunch of guys with Cornette went to some little crappy little diner restaurant, like somewhere in Morristown, Tennessee or something, and we watched that. So, um, so, so, you, so you said your parents paid for your co- uh, college. Right. No. And my wrestling school, yeah. If, if you went to college, right. then they would pay for wrestling school. <laughs> so I went school. to Nassau Community College, which is basically like 13th and 14th grade. Uh-huh. You know, there's, that's all. You can only go for two years. I got my associates, but uh, I didn't make any friends while I was there. I didn't really go out. I would just go to wrestling school, watch wrestling DVDs and tapes. That was my life, just getting to WWE. Uh-huh. It's kind of pathetic. That's what my thing was. <laughs> <laughs> it worked out, though. In retrospect, I wish I would have, you know, went out a little more. Yeah. Messed up checks, you know? So where did you train? Uh, I trained at NYWC with uh, Mikey Whipwreck from the uh, oh, original really? ECW. So Mikey actually trained you? When I went, it wasn't Mikey Whipwreck. It was just, like, a bunch of random guys, like, teaching me, what do you want to learn today, you know? Mm-hmm. And then eventually Mikey Whipwreck came in and made it an organized school and legitimate, and that's when I finally started picking everything up. Was it like a couple times a week? Or? Yeah, it was like two or three times a week, yeah. Okay, is that, and then is that where you met uh, Hawkins? That's there? where I met Kurt Hawkins. And right. uh, he, he joined, I think I joined in September 2003. He joined the summer before, but then he went away to school. Mm-hmm. So we only saw each other a couple of times. And everyone was like, oh, you and uh, Hawkins or Brian Meyer should be uh, tag team partners. You guys look just alike. So we're like, all right. But at the time, it was like almost competition. This guy's like my size, my age. So I, I hated him. <laughs> <laughs> that was what it was like for me and uh, and Lance Storm is that we were the two guys in our class that were kind of the standouts. Right. And there were certain things that he was so much better than me at, like leg drops. And I just used to hate it. He was so good at those things. It used sure. to drive me nuts. You yeah, know what I mean? Haw- uh, Hawkins was such like a natural athlete. He went to college to wrestle. Me, mm-hmm. like... I am terrible at sports. I can't. Yeah. I can't throw a football or shoot a basketball, but I can throw a drop kick or you know, or, <laughs> yeah. or close. You know, I'm the same. I'm right. the worst athlete. That's actually a pro I, I athlete. couldn't name five professional athletes. <laughs> I really couldn't. <laughs> but uh, did you bodybuild though? I was always into working out. My dad yeah. uh, owned gyms when I was a kid, so he was always into getting me to work out. So I was always like in shape. Yeah, but. Uh, 
probably like 200 pounds when I started, maybe even less in 2000. And actually today we have, we're actually, if you hear some random noises, because Buck Cherry is doing their sound check uh, and, and Fozzie's playing, we're playing together. And you can't say for the show because you actually have to go home and help your yeah, dad. Yeah, uh, my, my dad uh, on the side, he, uh, he competes in bodybuilding master's competitions, so like over 50 and stuff like yeah. that. So tonight I have to help him tan and shave, and it's uh, it's not a pleasant experience. <laughs> he stands there naked. He could wear like underwear or something, but chooses not to. And uh, I have to shave him or or paint him, <laughs> literally paint him with this tanner. And uh, son, it's not fun. Come on a, this is your Friday night, dude. Yeah, it is not a fun experience. Yeah, this is not cool <laughs> when your friends are going out to the club and it's like, yeah. I got to shave my dad. Yeah, I have to paint my dad's butt. Now I <laughs> <laughs> now I never I never did that with you, but I, I have shaved your back. Before. You have nared my back. You nared you, your that back. Was one of your career highlights. I it think, was. Right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, nearing. Uh, I think becoming the undisputed champion, uh, <laughs> working against Shawn Michaels in the ladder match, and nearing Zack Ryder's I back. I am very hairy, so every week someone has to do it. So so, so yeah. So what do you, what is the nair like? It's like it's like a, like a, a shave cream thing and you just sure like i can do it on my legs and my arms by myself but i can't do my back so luckily they make like a spray so you just sprayed my back for me how weird. did i end up doing that i think you were the only one there or you offered to do it or see not everyone wants to do it you know no, like, they think I mean, it's like this disgusting they, thing all you gotta do is spray it. was it crazy big, i mean why wouldn't you want to do that <laughs> i mean yeah so i went for, it must have been kind of a cool experience for you to have the guy who was on your birthday cake yeah, for your, for your ninth cool, grade yeah. birthday near your back <laughs> <laughs> so so how did you um you know you're talking about training in long island or in new york and hawkins is there how long was it before you guys got into the wwe was it pretty quick did you work a lot of independence or did you basically go kind of right to the developmental system uh, pretty quickly we worked a few independents but not really maybe like once or twice a month mm-hmm. and uh there was this wwe.com tryout like an application uh, it was very weird i really haven't seen it since or before that and uh, we sent our picture and I guess our resume, whatever it was, and uh, we got the call back. And it was before a live event at the NASA Coliseum. It was probably about 20 guys or so. I'd say half were trained, half not. We did some squats, push-ups, rolled around. And uh, we decided to wear our gear. We didn't know what to do, so we wore our matching tag team gear. And I'll never forget, they're like, okay, go to the camera and you know talk about your favorite superstar. Who was it that told you that, to do uh, that? Who was, was that? Like Tommy, Dreamer, I, Tommy, okay. Tommy Dreamer was there. So who this else is all there. online. You just basically signed up online. Online. Wow. It was crazy. And we got the call back. So I remember Hawkins and I rushed to the front of the line. And I'm like, one of my favorite WWE superstars is Edge. I like him because like, I didn't know what we were supposed to do. And then right. Hawkins went. I think he talked about Mr. Perfect. Mm-hmm. And then the next guy like cuts a promo on The Rock. And then the next guy cuts a promo on Awesome. I'm like, oh, my God. We messed this up. We were supposed to cut promos. I'm like, <laughs> oh, we're screwed. And I'm like, well, you know, at the time I was only 20. I'm like, all right. We didn't get it this time. But... We'll make it eventually. And then a week or so later, Tommy Dreamer called us. Hey, uh, we're signing you to the contract. Like, what? Wow, from that, huh? Yeah. But you guys had a good look. And you're big guys, too. I mean, you said that you're a small guy, but you're still, what, six foot one or yeah, six, six foot one. two? Yeah, six foot two. We're 220, yeah. I think they just needed to sign someone from this thing. Yeah. So like, oh, we'll sign the two kids that matched. Yeah, right, right, right. So it worked out. And they signed you as a team? As a team, yeah. Did, where did they send you? They sent us to Deep South Wrestling in McDonough, Georgia. Oh, was that with uh, Jody Hamilton? Jody Hamilton, Bill DeMott. So how now that must have been kind of an eye opener to, to train because I know Bill's no uh, pushover when it comes to training. I mean, Bill, it's tough love, but as hard as we trained in practice, we'd go out and we'd have a great time. There was only like twenty of us, you know, it was mm-hmm. like like a close knit group. Mm-hmm. So okay, practice was hard, but then we'd go out and we'd get lunch together, we get dinner together, go out together. So it was like a family, and uh, it's one of the best times of my life, believe it or not. Who who else was in that camp or that uh, uh, let's group? See. Uh, Tyson Kidd was eventually there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kofi Kingston. Uh, Festus, Luke Gallows, mm-hmm. uh, who else was there? MVP. 
So, Great Kali. She had a pretty good. That might be a Great Kali calling. I don't know his name. This Kali was in Deep South? Yeah, we used to have something called uh, Kali Duty, where <laughs> the whole week you would be his slave. So, uh-huh. he wanted to go to, uh, let's say he wanted to go to the grocery store. You'd have to go pick him up, drive him to the grocery store. He wanted to go to the gym. doesn't matter if you went to the gym already that day. You had to go to the gym again with Kali. It was a disaster. Which is funny because, you know, he is like a huge star in India. Right. He, I think he was Mr. India. I think, you know, he was a cop I in India. I think he still might be. I don't know. Can you imagine if, like, you you know, you went through a stop sign or something and you get pulled <laughs> over and that giant, that beast came after you? Well, imagine just being in Walmart and you see him pushing up <laughs> his cart, you know? It's crazy. We but take he, this up for granted, you but know? He, but he's also so, like, he's such a, a big name in India right. that he's, only, he's, like, he's like a super celebrity. So when he comes to the States, I'm not going to say he expects it, but he does have a lot of demands sure. because he's used to people catering to right. him. And if you notice, like, whenever you go to different uh, cities and towns in the States, he's always got people that come pick him up, like other Punjabi <laughs> yeah. guys, you know, like someone runs an Indian restaurant down in Hoboken and Kali's in town. Oh, I'll go pick him up and drive him around. Yeah, that must be kind of weird for him. I always gave him credit because he couldn't speak the language. He's twice the size of a normal person living in another country uh it must have been kind of how did you feel did you like, did, like was it weird for him do you think? i remember not knowing anything he was saying you mm-hmm. know and like just trying to like what what's he saying like what where's where do we have to go where do we have to meet him yeah but uh he was he's a nice guy just a gentle giant you know mm-hmm. sweetheart and we always joke around now. Now I understand exactly what he's saying. So yeah, now yeah, yeah. He, he's taking classes to learn English better and stuff like that. Well, the thing is, too, it's not just the fact that he doesn't speak English. He's got, uh, he's got that deep, deep voice, right. and I, you know his tongue is huge, <laughs> and he's got a thick accent. So he's got all these things working against him to try and understand it. But right. once you know him, you can figure yeah. him out. Yeah. So, so you're in Deep South. Did you guys do a lot of shows there? We you- we did every week. We had shows. You know, at the time we were Brett and Brian, the Major Brothers. We were, I think, we were twin brothers. I'm not sure what the thing was. We were twi- <laughs> What's it called when you're we don't fraternal, not, fraternal twins, twin yeah. brothers? Yeah, that's what we were. <laughs> and uh, we were there for about a year, and then Deep South closed down, and we didn't know what was going on. They sent us to uh, Louisville for OVW, and in between that week of moving to Louisville, we debuted on television. Just like on a on a superstar show, it was or something? like ECW at the time. We were just oh. in the ring, two guys, and we were against Matt Stryker and Marcus Corvan, and uh, it's kind of like a one two three kid deal. Just kind of beat them, and okay, you guys are on the roster now. Who was Marcus Corvan? Uh, Monty Brown, the oh, pounce guy. I forgot about yeah. that guy. Yeah, the yeah. pounce guy yeah. on the Serengeti. <laughs> yeah, whatever happened to that guy? I, I have no idea. He was a good dude. But was he? Yeah. I have no idea. He was just gone one week. So they brought you into ECW, and that's when 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 there was. Raw had a, a Raw crew, SmackDown crew, and ECW right. crew. Now, were you guys? I, I never was on ECW. Was it like a real? Because you guys were doing house shows and everything. Well, right? at the time, SmackDown and ECW kind of were together. Oh, were together, right? So we did no house shows. We barely. We eventually, we got drafted to SmackDown in the draft, mm-hmm. but we didn't do anything. We were just right. floating for like seven months. So then, how did you end up with Edge? Well, so we were in OVW at the same time we were in. On SmackDown or ECW, whatever it was. And I remember all the writers were coming to uh, OVW. And the day before at SmackDown, we went up to Michael Hayes. Like, what are we supposed to do tomorrow? Like, you guys are all coming down. We're already here. What should we do? Right. And he said something like, show us something different. So we're like, okay. And uh, Hawkins and I had talked about being uh, like Edge's cronies because we were big fans of the show Honorage at the time. So like two... Two turtles, if you will, <laughs> yeah. to uh, to Edge. So because you guys kind of look like Edge right, too, like his flunkies, yeah. Fans. 
and we we had all the edge merchandise. You know, we had the hat and the shirt and everything. <laughs> so the next day, when they the writers came out to OVW, we just did this this edge gimmick. You know, with wearing the shirts, coming out to his music, and uh, they seemed to like it. And but we didn't know Adam at the time. You know, mm-hmm. he was hurt, and uh, it was Armageddon, I believe it was 2007. He was in a triple threat match with Batista and Undertaker. And Hawkins and I were just driving, doing nothing as the Major Brothers. Like, what if we dressed up as Edge and, like, hit under the ring and came out? And they thought they were beating up Edge, but it was us. And then eventually Edge would win. And Hawkins, uh, he got Edge's number. He texted him the idea, and he loved it. And oh, wow. a week or so later, that's exactly what we did on pay-per-view. So you guys pitched that. You're the, one, you're the ones who came up with yeah, that. Yeah, we pitched it to Edge, and then Edge, you know, took it to whoever, the top. Yeah. Wow, because yeah, he was the champion at the time, or was he in was the mix just coming for... back, and that's when he won the championship. With you two guys, it's yeah. kind of his, his, his flunky heaters. And for us, we went from nobodies to being in the main event scene. It was crazy. It's crazy, right? Yeah. And as a heel, it's always good to have you know, uh, either a heater, a bigger guy right. that can do your dirty work, or have you know, flunkies. Because right. it's, 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 it's the best way to, 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 if you win a match... It can be because of your your you know your assistance, and if you lose a match, it can be because of your assistance. So it's really beneficial to have that. And then I remember two days later at the uh, SmackDown taping, somebody told Vince McMahon that we weren't brothers. So uh-huh. I was like, okay, then why are we saying they're brothers? So uh, we're like, okay, you guys need new names now. We're like, what? Like, <laughs> come up with a new name now? Oh, really? Yeah. So that's when uh, Zach Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. That's How did you come up with that? I was just writing down first and last names. I got Zach from Zach Morris from Saved by the Bell. <laughs> and uh, I forgot what Ryder, maybe from the back of the Ryder trucks. Who knows? And then it's Zach Ryder. <laughs> How did he get hurt? Kurt Hawkins? Uh, Henning? Kurt Henning, and it's someone from some band, Hawkins. I think Edge might have gave that to him. I oh, okay. Well, there's there's a screaming. There's Ronnie Hawkins. I'm not sure. Whatever. Um, that's funny though. That just yeah. made it, made you do it right then. And right that's then when Vince there. was going through the realism. Yeah. You know, everybody <laughs> came in with their real name, even if it was like you know like a like a strange name or whatever, like like, like, like Snitsky. Yeah. <laughs> He's Snitsky. Well, that's not really much of a show, but yeah. his name doesn't matter. It's his name. Why would we change his name? Because you've been doing it yeah. for the last 40 years. Well, I didn't understand. Like, there's a lot of not real brothers. Like, Edge and Christian, not real brothers. Uh, Kane and Undertaker, yeah. not real brothers. Because that was Vince's mood for the day, and you must have new names. I mean, I'm glad it worked out that way, you know, because I think Zach Ryder's a lot cooler than Brett Major. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, Brett Major's right. <laughs> you mentioned Saved by the Bell, and you're a big Saved by the Bell fan. Huge. And, um,. Who was your favorite character? Zach, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, big time. I was always a Screech guy. Yeah. <laughs> I just love like, just how ridiculous he what was. About, oh, uh, are you a big Mr. Belding fan? Well, I know. I was going to get to that. <laughs> oh, it's I funny. your transition. Sorry. Well, that's all right. Mr. Belding, uh, Dennis Haskins, yes. right? Huge WWE Huge. fan. To the point where, like, almost a, a stalker in a way. <laughs> no, I wouldn't say that. But he, he texts me from time to time for sure. But you actually hung out with him before yeah, and yeah, stuff, too. Absolutely. Like, he comes to the shows. Yeah, I, my, my old YouTube show, uh, he was on it a few times. That was pretty cool for me, you know? <laughs> he probably loved it, but I loved it even more. He's, but he's a really nice guy. Oh, he's a sweetheart. He's great. And he, actually, I, I went and saw um, A Million Ways to Die in the West. The new Seth right, MacFarlane right. movie, and he's in it. He, he was telling me he's like, "I die in the trailer." I'm like, "You're in the movie, you know?" Yeah, Whatever. no, no, he's great though. Yeah. He, he's got a scene, and yeah. I was like, "Oh my gosh!" So I, I actually DM'd him because I don't have his number, yeah. but I was like, "Dude, I'm I'll watching. Give you, I'll give you his number. Oh, please yeah. do." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I text him, and I'm like, "Dude, you, you're you know you made it into the movie. Right. Or congratulations! I didn't even know." And he's like, "Oh, thanks." And then he gets he, he dies by right. getting speared <laughs> by a bull, and I was just said, "You got speared." He's like, "I never thought of it that way." Yes, I did get speared. I got speared to death. So congratulations to Mr. Belding for that. Also, another thing is that you're a huge boy band fan. Is this real or is this just a, a Zack Ryder Long Island thing? This is real. <laughs> so tell us about. Let's get. Let's get. Let's talk about boy bands for a bit. Um, as a kid, 
I always uh, would hang out with my my older cousins, two girls, and they love New Kids on the Block. It's like the late late eighties, early nineties, right. and I was just really I thought it was cool to be into New Kids on the Block, and I had the New Kids on the Block Barbie dolls. Ah. <laughs> and I, I guess they'd be Ken dolls, yeah, and the stage, <laughs> and they, they could switch outfits and play musical instruments and stuff. <laughs> and then for years, I was in denial until like two thousand. I think it was uh, Backstreet Boys Millennium album. Like, yeah, this stuff is just too good, you know. <laughs> so what? What do you like about it? Like, I just, I just, I love the music. You know, yeah. I love the lyrics. I love everything about it. So, who's your favorite? Uh, uh, who's your favorite um, new kid? New kid would probably be Jordan Knight for sure. Mine was always uh, I always liked Donnie. Well, he's a bad boy. Yeah, yeah well, he's the bad yeah. boy. And I also loved. Uh, did you ever have the rat tail like he did? Rat, well, I didn't have the rat tail. <laughs> don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I wasn't. I wasn't like. Uh, actually, this is a funny story. And you're lucky you didn't live in Winnipeg because yeah. you might have fell victim to this. But there was a bunch of kids waiting in line for new kids in the block tickets when you used to have to do that in 1990. And my friend, a bunch of my friends, he had a pickup truck and we got a bunch of eggs from 7-Eleven and egged, <laughs> egged the kids in That's line. That's so wrong. It's totally wrong. And there was even a headline next day. New kids fans get egged by, oh. you know, delinquents yeah. in truck. And we're like, yeah, that was us. You know, metal, <laughs> heavy metal forever. But I also liked uh, uh, Joey McIntyre. He, yeah. he was a good singer too, you know. And, and when I did... Uh, Dancing with the Stars, they had was it B N K O T B S B. What is it? N K O T B S B. Nukas on the Block and Backstreet Boys. <laughs> I should probably just shut up right now. <laughs> no, it's great. <laughs> and they showed up and played. Right. And they're all really good guys. Donnie was cool. And here's what I didn't know. Here's a story that you'll uh, appreciate. I don't think I'm out of school in saying this. And if I am, I don't care. It's my show. <laughs> so uh, Kirstie Alley, super cool on Dance of the Stars. Hung out with her all the time. She would always go out partying after the show. And, dude, she was like, I don't know, 60 at the time. Like, she's old, but she's like just rocking. Yeah. And she would always have these random you know, friends that would come to hang out at the after parties. And one time, Jordan Knight was there. Uh, Jonathan Knight. Jonathan Knight. Okay. The, 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 the brothers. Brother that wasn't as good. Yeah, Jonathan. Jordan was the lead singer. Yeah, yeah, Jonathan right. was the lucky yeah. to be there guy. <laughs> he, <laughs> so he he's sitting there and uh, I'm talking to him, and I'm you know I was like, dude, like how many chicks did you guys oh, get like man. back in the day? He's like, oh, dude, there's so many chicks, and it's crazy, and there's mothers and daughters and sisters and this, that, and the other thing. And this guy comes up to me, he's like, uh, he's like, hey, uh, yeah, yeah, this is my friend Chris, and like he's like, hey, and they go and they bend in, they kiss each other. And this is my partner, you know, you know, George or whatever. And I was like, dude, he's totally gay. <laughs> and I didn't even know. My gaydar was completely off. We were talking about all the girls that they had, and he kisses his boyfriend. So did you know that he was gay? Uh, I do know, yes. Okay, yeah, so there you go. So public I, knowledge, I believe. I did not yeah. know that. And it freaked because I was like, yeah, tell me about the chicks. And, <laughs> and then, of course, I'm not selling it. I don't want to go, oh, my God, you're gay. I was like, hey, dude, what's up? So, um, okay, so, so, so uh, Backstreet Boys, who's right. the best one? Uh, I like AJ. He's he's the bad boy. He was the way. bad boy yeah. too, right? Yeah, I saw I saw Backstreet Boys about two years ago in concert. I wasn't really impressed to be honest. Why? Is I that? thought they were just they were just phoning it in, oh. as opposed to new kids who I saw the year before that and they dominated. Yeah, they kicked they ass when I saw them at that uh, at the Dance of the Stars right. thing. I was like, because you know when you grow up and get older, you realize that just because they're a boy band, quote unquote, doesn't mean they suck. Great harmonies, great singers. Um, I was like Nick Carter. From he's the good. He's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. Well, now Nick and uh, Jordan Knight have their own group. Really? Uh, Nick and Knight. I don't know if you oh, know Nick yeah. and Nick yeah. at night. Yeah. 
very the, catchy. The Backstreet Kids. Yeah. <laughs> but that, a, that made me want to make my own boy band song, which I did eventually. And which you did. Yes, which I was did. which was uh, Hosky. Hosky. Yeah. Which was on the iTunes charts. Yeah. It, it was How high did it get? The top one hundred on the pop charts for about five minutes. It, it got in there. That is <laughs> but hilarious. It, that's cool for me. Now, if you haven't seen the video for this, <laughs> you gotta makes, go. You it's can't on YouTube. Do it without the video. You need good. the video. Let, let, actually, we'll, we'll come back to that because I want to get to the whole transition of how you became <laughs> Zack Ryder. Uh, but one one last thing, in sync, best guy. Uh, come on, Justin Timberlake. Yeah, sure. well, obviously, I mean, right? It, right? I mean, can, yeah. <laughs> I met the other cat one time. Is it Chris? Chris, yeah. Chris Kirk, the guy who used to have a break. pineapple on yeah, his head. who knows. And he was just, once again, just happy yeah. to be here. Like, I'm glad <laughs> yeah. that I had my chance. And I think I saw Joy Fatone yeah. on a on a, on a uh, infomercial the other night for something. They, they don't do anything besides Justin. Do you think they'll ever do a, Did they just not do NSYNC reunion recently? Yeah, I feel like maybe like an MTV show, maybe. Oh, okay. I think so. Maybe not. I mean, they, yeah, that, that. they will. Yeah. They will. I mean, when, when Justin you know snaps his fingers, yeah. the rest <laughs> yeah. will come running. Who else was in that? Uh, Lance Bass. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't remember the rest of the names. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It <laughs> doesn't just, matter. Justin right? and gang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> JC, I think, or C- JC Chavez. Yeah, or Chaz- 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 yeah, that's it. Something like there that. There we go. Okay. So, um, and your favorite is New Kids? Just I would say New from, Kids, yeah. Okay, New Kids is the best. Yeah. Okay, so uh, now that we've discussed all things uh, Saved by the Bell. I hope and people are still bands, listening. Yeah, but, dude, how could they not be? <laughs> I mean, this is the real stuff you're yeah. going to get here. Only on Talk is Jericho. The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. You're listening to Talk is Jericho. Sitting here with Zach Ryder, and we're talking about you being an edgehead, along with Kurt Hawkins, and how integral you guys were to every edge match. What's your favorite memory uh, from being an edgehead? I'd say the, the top two in Chicago, we had a cage match once. Uh, myself, Hawkins, Edge, and Chavo Guerrero against Shawn Michaels and Ric Flair. Mm. Pretty legendary. You know, wow. you can't beat that for, for us. You know, one month, you know, we're doing nothing. Next month, or not, a few months later, we're in the ring with Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels in a steel cage in Chicago. <laughs> yeah. And then the other one would be... Just the, the two of you guys? No, it was, it was us two, Edge and Chavo, gotcha. in like a handicap match. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So it could have been just us two. Yeah, well, yeah, well yeah. let's say it was just yeah, us yeah, two. Let's B- just big say. tag team main event. <laughs> um, and then the main event of WrestleMania that year was Edge versus The Undertaker, and Hawkins and I did a run-in. The main event of WrestleMania. For, so, I mean, it was just a run-in. But for us, hey, dude, it was the coolest thing ever, you know? It, it doesn't matter, yeah. man. It doesn't matter. How how was that? Because like, that was a crazy... That was 75,000 people. Yeah, that was in Orlando. in Orlando. I remember just uh, sprinting down to the ring and getting choke slammed off the apron onto Hawkins. And uh, one of the greatest moments, for sure. Wow. From so, the, I was in a WrestleMania main event. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the kid from Long Island yeah. made it all the way. But shortly after that, the the edgehead idea was kind of disbanded. Yeah, uh, that fall, Adam got hurt, and uh, we were just kind of always getting hurt. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I remember we got brought into uh, Vince McMahon's office. He's like, come up with different stuff, come up with your own thing because you guys are done as a team. Like, is that what Vince told you? Yeah, that? he told us that personally, which I thought was cool. I suppose just floating around. That's really cool. Yeah, it's one thing that you re- that you realize uh, when you're in the WWE is that to get a one on one meeting with Vince. 
doesn't happen often. No, if, no, no. You know, until you get to that level. You know, when you get to a certain level, you're in there every week. At least I know I was bugging him every week about stuff. But for you, I can just see because you know I always call you the, the deer in the headlights <laughs> look that you got, where you're just not quite sure what's and going on. I remember on. outside we were just waiting, and we didn't know we were outside his office. We knew he wanted to talk to us, like. What's going on? We're either going to like, okay, you guys are going to get pushed to the top or you guys will get fired. Do you think you might get fired? We didn't didn't know what was going on. (laughs) And uh, so we're like, okay, we'll come up with our own stuff. And that was, I want to say that was like October or November. But then they keep bringing us to random TVs and we we would lose in handicap matches against Great Khali or wrestle Finley and Hornswoggle. So they kept us together Mm -hmm. with no real substance to their story. Yeah. And, uh, I had pitched to be like the woo 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 guy, the whole because of Jersey concept. Shore. Well, this is before Jersey Shore, so oh, okay. they, they kind of copied me. <laughs> uh, because at the time we were we were home a lot, and I would go out to like the clubs and stuff, and you'd bounce into these idiots, you know, all jacked up with their tight like affliction shirts or their yeah, pop yeah, yeah. collars and their hair spiked and the sunglasses inside. Like these guys are idiots, and then you know, light went off. Perfect. That's heel. what I need to be, <laughs> and. Uh, it's one of those ideas that I actually pitched and went through. So, so what, how did you pitch it? I want to like, how do you explain? I, I tried to explain it the best I could, but no, even when I got it across on television, the writers nobody really knew what it was. I think mm-hmm. you had a B from Long mm-hmm. Island, kind of no, like a Guido, right? Yeah. And uh, then Jersey Shore came out, and it was like the most popular show on MTV. And I'm like, see, like this, like the most popular show on MTV, like like this. Yeah, and they still didn't really want to do anything with it, you know. And I remember they br- brought in Snooki for WrestleMania. I'm like, this is perfect. This is my shot. And they put her with John Morrison. And I was like, come yeah. on, yeah. I think I did like one backstage thing with her, but that was about it. Because you, you you weren't uh, the character yet. I was that character. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what was your idea? Like, as I remember, you first came out and you had like the old Florence Griffith joiner tights with one long one, yeah, the one, one short thing. one. Yeah. I just because I knew at the time we were the Edgeheads, but nobody who was Zack Ryder. Right? They, maybe they knew Hawkins and Ryder, but I don't think that people could say which one is which. Yeah, you know, yeah, we yeah, looked yeah. alike, but we had no personality. We were just like guys who looked like Edge, in just drones, gear. right? Right. So I'm like, I have to be completely different. Cut the hair, wear these one-legged tights, even if they knew me as the guy with the weird tights, as mm-hmm. long as they knew me. Which was a good, good right. idea. So that was my plan, just be as different as possible than from how I was, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So mm-hmm. wear like the sunglasses, earrings, short hair, one-legged tights, bright colors, you know. And then they had the, the music, which went with it, the old radio music, which was great. Did was, you have something to do with that music, or was no, that a Jim no Johnson idea. creation? I walked out to that. I'm like, oh, I like it. <laughs> Did you have any instructions, like it needs to be a boy band type song? I or they just... no, I remember they told me, I want to say it was like on a Sunday. Oh, yeah, we're going to do this thing on Tuesday, so go cut your hair. I'm like, okay, yes. You know, I was like Michael the Barber. Uh, <laughs> give it a big plug to Michael, and who I still use to this day. Like, Where's he at? Uh, he's in Merrick, New York. All right, Merrick, yeah. uh, Merrick New York. If, if you're around, go to see Michael the Barber. Maybe, tell him Zach Ryder sent you. I'm not sure. It's on the border. All right. Yeah. Tell him Zach sent you. And, uh, and that was it. And uh, at the time, I didn't even have the one-legged tights made at the time. Mm-hmm. I just had regular long tights. and the headband. Headband. Which I was using on the indies before, so I had an extra headband. I remember my first match, it was against Finley as the woo-woo guy, and he took the headband and threw it in the crowd. I'm like, well, I got a new headband. That was it. <laughs> and I remember I needed to take promotional like 8x10 photos that day, and I didn't have my headband anymore because Finley threw it in the crowd. So I had to use an MVP headband like inside out or like the other way. So, Where did you come up with woo-woo-woo, you know it? It was just something I would use with uh, with chicks in the club. Like if a hot girl walked by, I'd be like, woo, woo, woo. Like it never worked. It didn't really sure. work. It was something I would do with my friends. As a joke. As a joke. Or if like we're driving and like we see a hot girl on the street, lower the window, woo, woo, woo. And I knew I was doing it one night with Miz and Morrison. Like, what is that? Yeah, like, yeah, and yeah. they put it on their uh, their Oh, yeah, they had a their, show. Their web show, Dirt Sheet. Right. So it didn't really catch on, but at least they gave me a chance to 
to use it. And then where's the, where the you know it? And you know, which is another thing that like, if you do something cool, oh, you know it, you know, <laughs> stuff that I just like took from my friends. You know, just stuff, stuff that, that you had when you were just on the streets growing right, up. Yeah, with my friends, you know, and I put it together. And then when did you finally get the go ahead to like go with this character? It was that was the maybe April or May was the, the brand split or the draft. And they, yeah. they split up Hawkins and I. I went to ECW and I'm like, okay, so and that's when they said, okay, you're gonna do this gimmick that you've been pitching, right on ECW, on ECW. And then thank it, God it was on ECW for sure. Yeah, but you, that, that kind of took off pretty quickly. People yeah. got into it, it. It was, I loved it. You know, like yeah. I would. I remember that summer, 2009 was the greatest summer of my life because I, I remember I did like no live events, so I was home all summer, like going to the beach and stuff. <laughs> but then I'd be like on the main event of ECW, so I go, in for, you know, go in one day, be like in the main event scene, and then. Home on the beach the rest of the time, drinking Bud Light Limes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Text me pictures of yeah. until I got you stuck on the yeah. Grey Goose yeah. on ice. Ooh. I remember because that was when I was I was having a pretty good run at that point in time too. And I, I didn't really know much about you guys. Right. And I remember being at SmackDown and, and you were working with Christian right. on ECW. And it was the main event. He was the champion. He was the champ, yeah. And you guys went like probably 20 minutes. Right, which say. was my f- first time ever. I was a tag team with Hawkins from yeah. when we started wrestling. Till right before then. So I never really had like any singles matches. It was mm-hmm. just strictly tag team matches. And, and that's a big change, you know, believe sure it or not. Sure it is. Yeah. No, of course it is. Anytime you switch from doing exclusively tag team to single or switch from heel to baby face or vice versa, there's a transition phase. And that's why when I watched the match that you guys had, I was blown away because you didn't know if you guys could work or not. You guys right. could bump. But never really seen too many of your matches, sure. especially as a single. And that right. match was kick-ass And match, I, I owe it all to Christian. He was one yeah. of my favorites and definitely one of the best. Definitely one of the most underrated guys. I agree. If not the most underrated guy right now in WWE. I agree, especially when it comes to putting together oh, matches. That guy's got a, he's got a, a, yeah, a genius brain to put that together. And that kind of puts you on the map. Absolutely. Uh, did you get a lot of feedback from the office at all from that? Well, I that, think, or? you know... They must have liked it because I was always featured on, on the TV show. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just ECW, but for me, that it was raw. It was WrestleMania. You know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It might have been the third brand, but for me, that was the number one thing in my mind was just getting to the top of that for sure. Right, right, right. And then when it closed down, and then for NXT, they brought an NXT. You know, swapped it out. I was like, oh no, because mm. now I'm gonna get to Raw or SmackDown, get lost in the shuffle, and that's exactly what happened. So then. Um... Is that when you started doing your your uh, Long Island IZ show? I say about a year or so went by on Raw, just floating around, being on Superstars, doing nothing, and I'm like, what am I gonna do here? Mm-hmm. You know, like I didn't have an action figure, I didn't have an eight by ten. My girlfriend's father worked wow. for a printing company and made me eight by tens. I just really felt like such a loser. You know, I'd be like at like Waffle House with like Ziggler and Miz, and oh, can we be eight by tens? They'd go to the car, get their nice WWE eight by tens, and I'd like sign a napkin or something. Which is crazy, huh? Yeah, I just yeah. like I hated it. I'm like I didn't want to. My dream wasn't just to be any guy in the roster. Yeah. So I'm like, well, I didn't know what I was gonna do. I'm like, well, my parents got me this flip camera for Christmas, and I did nothing with I'm like let me see if i can make a youtube show mm-hmm. and uh z true long island story i didn't know what i was doing there was no real plan and i just started off with me in my living room against a plain white wall and little by little week by week it started to take off how, how were you putting on youtube just uploading it yourself i i taught myself how to use iMovie uh, mm-hmm. i'm not the best video editor at all but enough to get by mm-hmm. and every week i learn a new transition or how to add like a video to it or a text and then i would just put it on myself and then it started catching on. It started catching on, yeah. And then, uh, like, how people just fans were discovering it? I, I don't know. Like, yeah, I was do before that. They made like on WWE Shop, 
uh, this shirt, Zack Ryder basic shirt. And it was just me with no shirt on with my hands and my hips. I'm like, who is going to buy this? Right. Especially I wasn't even on TV, but I guess for, like people on Twitter. It's like when Twitter, it was like 2000, mm. 2009-ish, 2010-ish, like Twitter, I started using it. I guess they were asking WWE Shop, make a Zack Ryder shirt. I guess enough people asked, so go, let's make this basic shirt. So I did something where I said, okay, if you buy this shirt and you tweet me a picture of it, I'll mail you an autograph. And at the time, I didn't have that many followers. So I literally mailed everyone an autograph. Hmm. And I think that just like people related to me. Okay, he's one of us. He's trying here. And I think that, that yeah, came yeah. through on the YouTube show. Yeah, you were. that's the thing. You took advantage of – you didn't have anything going on, so you made things happen. Right. And you were the first – one of the first guys that was really involved with Twitter. One of the first guys, like you said, you making your own uh, internet show, taking advantage of what YouTube was. Because four or five years ago – YouTube was still in its infancy as well. Yeah, and I'm not saying I'm like the originator of the first to do it, but I think I was the one who best used it. Yeah, I agree. Exactly. Time, like, okay, my real friends at home, they're on YouTube, they're on Twitter, they're on Facebook. So I use it in my real life, and now I was using it as Zack Ryder, mm-hmm. and I think that's why it works so well. You made yourself the internet champion? Yeah, I made myself the internet champion. I paid, uh, eventually, I paid for a nice uh, $1,600 championship, which is <laughs> pretty cool, I think. Never allowed to wear it on TV, but I have an action figure with it, which is nice. Yeah. So you finally got your action figure. Yeah. How many. Uh, views were you getting of your show? Uh, I'd say about like a hundred thousand or so, like which is not a lot, but for me it was great because I had no because you t- weren't doing anything, no TV exposure. It was strictly just sit home and make a YouTube show. When did the uh, the company finally acknowledge that? I I started the show in February 2011, and I think it was maybe September or October of that year. We're like, we're like, we have to do something because mm-hmm. like they were chanting my name when shows I wasn't even at, and I think they just wanted to shut people up. You became a cult character, yeah, a cult hero. I'll take it, you know. Yeah. Even you know, it's better than nothing, you know. Well, and, yeah. And like I was getting merchandise, all this stuff, and action figures, things I never thought I'd get, and it wasn't on TV. It, was, it wasn't making any sense. I'm like, what? What happens if I get on TV? Yeah, you know. And, do you feel that maybe there was a little bit of a not resentment, but a little bit of like, who does this guy think he is doing this stuff on his own and it's actually working? Maybe, but what was I supposed to do? Sit home and do nothing? I, you know, I, I had to yeah, do something. You I know? agree. I knew I was either going to get noticed or get fired. Mm. You know, and like that was the, the the risk I was willing to take. And it paid off. And it paid off. You know, it's funny because there is a, a little bit of, of that. I've always found that with Vince. When somebody came from another company, uh, he always, unless you made it through his eyes and through his way it didn't really count and you can go from Jericho to Austin to Mick Foley to Triple H to Goldberg and I put you in that category you got over somewhere else so he almost was like resist that in a way like what I didn't authorize this you know and you also kind of have to prove yourself to Vince even though all these other people were cheering for you you know so I remember I got my uh my opportunity Hugh Jackman came and we did some uh, a gimmick with him where like, when he, he was, he was guest host to Raw, right? And that that's what really started everything. Oh, okay. Because he came out and he said like I'm gonna find the biggest underdog in WWE because he's promoting his movie Real, Real Steel, Steel I, I think, think. Yeah. it was about underdog robots. Yeah. And then the people were just chanting my name, chanting my name, chanting my name, which I was supposed to you know be his his partner anyway. But yeah. It was great. It was like, organic. He, he didn't have to say Zack Ryder. Right. And then there was a person in the sign who had a, a sign. People, someone in the crowd had a sign that said. Rider greater than Wolverine. I think he didn't read it as as much as he should have, and just uh-huh. started holding it up like <laughs> Rider greater than Wolverine. You know, <laughs> it was awesome. And then you were, and then and then you got a push, right? I got a little You've, deal. Yeah, with, uh, me and Ziggler. We went. I went on to win the U.S. title, which was definitely 
my greatest achievement. My dad was there in the first couple of rows and it looks like he's having a heart attack when I win the camera <laughs> pants to him and he's jumping up and down and his, his sunglasses hanging on his, uh, his shirt and he's trying to grab them so they don't fall. But he's, it looks like he's like having a heart attack. So it's a pretty cool moment. Where was that? That was in Baltimore. Okay. Um, I remember I texted my uh, my ex girlfriend a picture of that right away. <laughs> the hosky, <laughs> the hosky. Yeah, who, who's now back? It. And then who knows? She, oh, you've, you've had yeah, trials whatever. and tribulations with her, and then you end up working some stuff with Cena. I mean, you were like Cena kind of took a shining to yeah, you. Yeah, Cena well. helped me out big time, you know, because at the time, like I said, I didn't have a lot of Twitter followers, so guys like Cena or CM Punk or people who were my friends who had like close to a million to be watch the True Long Island story. Oh, what's this? And they'd click on it and they watch it. And those guys really helped me out big time. Everybody who, who tweeted it for me yeah people really kind of i think i always respected the fact that you were doing something on your own right i remember you texted me i, I made like a rocky montage or something yeah it's funny we're just talking about rocky You're like this is great this is funny yeah i was like doing push-ups into like hair gel and stuff like that and it's like uh I can't, you're like you know uh, uh, what were you saying like uh I can't draw money, or I can draw money, yeah, or drawing money, money yeah. or I can get over I and you actually climb the fence yeah. and got over it. I tried to, you know, walk the, the walk a fine line in a in a funny kind right. of way without being, oh, this guy's bitter or complaining, you know. Yeah, you were you were taking the piss out of out of the business out of yourself, but doing it in a funny way. Right. And it was like I said, I think the best word to describe it is organic. Sure. It was an organic rise, and the people were behind you because of these things you were doing, even when the company wasn't giving you the stamp of approval. And I felt like they thought I was just one of them, and they just were cheering for one of them, you know. Like yeah, they yeah, lived yeah. Through me, and the more they would chant for me, the more I get on TV. Or if they made their own signs, I put it on the YouTube. YouTube show yeah, you know, yeah, yeah so like they love being a part of the whole rider revolution if yeah you will. yeah and it was it was interesting though because you, you got a push you got lots of stuff going on and then and then you got this angle that you're in with eve and kane that just <laughs> oh, crushed you oh man you know what i mean like you know, terrible like like I'm, I'm, I'm like always like like tell us about some things that like you were in love with her but then she you're in so a I, wheelchair I, I was in love with eve but then but she was like behind my back love cena right cena and then i'd I'd be in a wheelchair and I'd roll up with them on Valentine's Day. Like, what are you serious? Why were bro? you in a wheelchair? Because, well, Kane choked slammed me off a loading dock, choked slammed <laughs> me through the stage, tombstoned me. Uh, I was in the wheelchair. He he pushed me off the stage. <laughs> the that was insane. Oh. Hold, hold, hold on. The, the one you're talking about before that, though, I remember that. You're in the wheelchair yeah. and you have a neck brace on and you're pining for Eve. And she secretly loves Cena, who doesn't love her back. Right. And you pull up on Valentine's Day with chocolates and flowers, oh. and Cena and, and and Eve are kissing, and they pan over to you, oh, and you're sitting there in the wheelchair. People, my friends, they still text me that picture. Just oh, like, just the look on your face, oh, right? Oh, uh, you could just see, like, like why, why? And then I'll never forget when Kane pushed you off that oh, stage, man. dude. There was no plan. Like, you're lucky you didn't break. All your bones in your body. I think the plan was if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I don't know. But it worked out. You know, oh, yeah. Okay, it worked out. Luckily. But I, I remember when you landed, though, both your ankles just went kind of yeah, like it inside. Looks, it looks nasty. It's awful. At the time, the adrenaline was pumping, so I didn't feel anything. You what know? did Glenn say about that? I mean, he's such a pretty cautious guy. Yeah, I remember. You know, he took care of me, thank God. Yeah. Because he could have popped me up in a wheelie and put me off. Right, right, right. It, it right. was the, the flattest and safest it could have been. And there was no pads. I think they might have put like a pad under like the carpet. But like, okay, I'm in a wheelchair, defenseless. Yeah. You know, like. And they didn't want me to jump out to look like I was jumping out, so I just had to stay in it the whole time. Oh, my God, dude. That was, was like, this guy is the craziest or the stupidest man I've ever yeah. met in my life. <laughs> well, I mean, it wasn't my idea. <laughs> well, I know. I know. Just having to go through it, though, right? Yeah. 
Man, that was not a good uh, couple of months for me. <laughs> I had to go through the, the the airports wearing that back brace and neck brace, which looked oh. like looked like a mix between like stormtrooper and laser tag. You know, did like, it go off when you went through no, the? Uh... It just looked so stupid. Yeah, you know? yeah, and then like eventually I had a cane. I'm like, oh, it's hard. I did remember, you ever remember I, what? I had to go like on a uh, like a PR tour in like Germany, and I had the cane with me. I'm like walking through all the interviews with the cane. I'm like, this is terrible. Yeah, they want you to make it uh, as as real as possible, but. Did you ever want to say something to anybody? Like, what am I doing here? Or? At the time, like, I was so optimistic. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in there with, with Cena and Kane and Eve, and I'm in a main deal. I'm like, oh, it's, it's just going to get better. Right. And I never did. <laughs> <laughs> like, I never got any retribution on Kane, and, like, Eve, you know, kicked me in the uh, – Just kicked you in the balls. In the ball. The bro WrestleMania. WrestleMania. So I had my WrestleMania moment. But I never got like any. So yeah, not only could I not defend myself against this giant, I let this girl totally play me. Like, who would still like that guy? Right. You know, like I didn't even try to defend myself. You know, I'm in a yeah. wheelchair, and I get. It was almost like a comedy thing. Like, yeah, it's I just, just, how I much so stupid? You know, how much who, more can right. you gang up on this? Like, guy? you can cheer for the underdog for so long, and then he has to do something. Yeah, you know, like make if you would have showed up one day with like a baseball bat and smashed even up if, everybody's even if stuff. I got my my ass kicked, but tried to beat. Yeah, up, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just didn't work out that way, and and, and that's why I was always kind of wondering, like deep down, like you know, was Vince kind of thinking, okay, we've had enough of this. You know, that's why I'm sure that's why he bought ECW in the first place and put the ECW show on the air so that people, guess what, would stop chanting ECW. It's like you want ECW here it is and do it his way and he killed those chants you know he did it you never know yeah yeah exactly but then once again here you are you you, you rebound and then decide because i'm zach Ryder and i've always done things my own way to do your own single which we talked about earlier yeah because uh the youtube show eventually got moved to the wwe youtube channel which was not a good idea like i wanted it to get me on the point of the show was to get me on tv i didn't want to be like a youtube guy sensation right so after a while i'm like all right i'm on tv i'm in this spot now i want to stop doing the show they're like well no we're gonna make this deal with youtube and we need to have your show on for another 52 weeks i was like wow like the show's like ran its course already yeah so did like another year of it where there were a few gems in there but for the most part i was like ugh. well and then plus then it's corporate too it's not and it became a job it had to be in by this time you know like before i throw it up whenever i wanted yeah yeah yeah. it just came not fun you Uh know and people they saw that and eventually the views went down and down and down and uh Right before it ended, I'm like, all right, let me make a music video. And the things didn't work out until after the fact. So I came out with the Hosky music video. which now, And that's actually really well done. It's, it's super fun. It's very cheesy, but on right. purpose. Sure. It's got the boy band. You know, you're on the beach with the, the flowing uh, all white, long sleeve shirt and the white jeans. But, but actually, it's a pretty cool uh, song. Like, How did you come up with the beat and get that made? Uh, I had asked WWE for a few like sample beats. Mm-hmm. And then I listened to the one that I know nothing about music. You yeah. Know, I don't know. No or anything like that I'm like okay this beat I like like I would listen to this yeah and then we were on like a overseas tour of Europe for like two weeks and I would just have that song in my head over and over and over and I'd be just like writing down words writing down lyrics and I don't know like you're I mean you're in a band I don't know how it works but that's what I did yeah yeah, yeah. until I got stuff that was so cheesy but like I wanted to keep it true you know so I was like it was a weird time (laughs) (laughs) what's there writing a love song that's the lyrics mean a lot to me, but I want it to be funny. You know, yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. Want it to be depressing, you know. What was the chorus? Uh, you want me to sing it? Well, you, <laughs> I'm yeah, not yeah. warmed up here. Uh, <laughs> yes, I, I mean I was in concert choir in high school. Oh, okay, well yeah, there you, you go. You got to try out for that. So just remember, uh, the, remember the roses are red and violets are blue. 
You may have left me, but I still woo, woo, woo. You say you've moved on and found yourself a new broski, but I don't want you back, girl, because you are a hoski. Yeah. yeah. I said a little higher than that. That was like good, said, though. Yeah, warm, yeah, no, I, can, I, you got it. I put you on the spot. Yeah, I actually just wanted the lyrics. Editing, right? Yeah, yeah, we can, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll auto-tune it and post. Uh, yeah, we'll see. I, I didn't expect you to actually sing it. That's a bonus. See, yeah. we're getting a whole bunch of bonuses here. Acapella, right? Uh, acapella, acapella. exactly. <laughs> see, you're a musician now. And then the, the video is what? Like, did you film it on your flip cam? No, I actually had like a real like team do it. <laughs> so that cost You're me like five hundred bucks. Yeah, <laughs> we had we had to find a girl who resembled my ex girlfriend slash current girlfriend slash whatever. Yeah, slash so that, that, that was like that was like two hundred bucks just right. to get the chick, just to get her. Yeah. Wow. And then uh, my friends, you know, Jason and Matt, they were uh, they were gonna do it for free. I'm like, right, let me throw you some money. But it came out really well. How many views does it have? Uh, I think there's like a couple different versions. Maybe all together, maybe close to a million. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> maybe like I don't know. Maybe five hundred thousand. And it was top one hundred on YouTube. Yeah, for like five minutes. That's all on right. The iTunes chart, the pop chart. That is so funny, man. That is so funny. But see, and and and, and that's because you had this idea and you just made it happen, which right. is what you've been doing your whole career so far. Basically. Yeah, and then like I made the mistake of saying like, "Hey, if you uh, you buy this song, I'll follow you on Twitter," and that was a disaster because I didn't realize I didn't think it through enough. People just take someone else's picture of their screen cap of their phone. So I was following all these people, then I couldn't keep up with it. Then I was getting all these DMs of spam and like viruses. It's the worst, right? So eventually, I just had to unfollow everybody, yeah, yeah, yeah. which was not didn't go over well. It's Sorry, the ultimate guys. insult, right? Yeah. Like, oh, why did you unfollow me, man? Yeah. Like, what you, did you have a problem with me? Some Is people it... ruined it for everyone. So yeah. if I unfollowed you, I apologize. Then it's not an insult, exactly. <laughs> but you, but do you still have? Uh, do you still do a lot on Twitter? I'm still on Twitter every once in a while. I don't do the YouTube. I brought like this YouTube show. I started doing this last resort thing, but lasted three weeks. It was more of a trilogy than a uh, web series. You know, <laughs> I quickly realized that I was just going to sound bitter and up- angry and upset. And I didn't want to do that. The, the magic know? was gone from yeah, the original idea, yeah. right? So now, what's what's your plan now? I mean, obviously, you, you know, you, you've been to the top. You've been to you, you've, you've been uh, in, the, in the you went from the penthouse to the outhouse, <laughs> eating with like kings I'm, and queens. The, the cockroach of the WWE. <laughs> You know, I've just been here since 2007. I never really, you know, never was off with injury, never got sent back down to developmental. I've been on the roster for what, seven, was that 2007 to now? Yeah, seven years. Seven years straight, you know. Like you said, ups and downs, a lot of ups and downs. I feel like in wrestling, the highs are so high and the lows are so low. That's true. And, uh... Just kind of riding the wave and see what sees what happened, you know. Do you uh, think that you might want to change your gimmick again, or, or I mean, I tried like, or... the past year or so, like being a little more like I dropped the headband and the sunglasses, but people probably don't even know that I dropped the headband. <laughs> you know, who knows? I mean, you... Bradley Cooper hairstyle. Right. I, I grew the hair out for a little <laughs> bit with the Bradley Cooper look. I don't know what's going on to be honest. I'm just right. trying to survive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, I mean, the dream, you know. But that's how the that's how the business is. I mean, it, it really is a, a big cycle, and. Some guys, you know, if you're top of the top, your cycle is longer. But when you're a guy like yourself and you're making things happen and something will come up and make it happen because they, they have something with you. They always have. They always will. And when, you know how it is. When the time is right, one day Vince will walk by the monitor and go, why aren't we do some, doing something with Zach Ryan? I hope that's what happens. What is he just sitting around for? <laughs> I'm trying to always be ready, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. Been, uh, have you, can you notice I've been bulking? I, I can see that. You're actually uh, <laughs> a, a, a lot bigger now, it's, it's, which is... Uh, getting zacked. It's, it's getting zacked a lot, up a lot again. Of carbs, a lot yeah. of carbs. A lot of carb heavy. You know, and we're, we're laughing when I said, uh, uh, you know, you better show up today or I'll punch you in the face again. <laughs> oh, I remember man. that was the worst night slash best night. We were in England. And I, I remember it's like they were always talking like Miz or Ziggler, the guys like, oh, yeah, Ryder. I'm like, Ryder? He's like a deer in a headlight, man. He just sits there. <laughs> he doesn't know what's going on. Like, come on. 
And then you kept saying, hey, bro, what's up? Just chilling. Yeah, just chilling. yeah, just chilling, bro. Hey, bro, what's chilling, bro? And, one, and you said that to me. Uh, we were drinking, and I just that just bugged me, and I, I just popped you in the mouth. Yeah, and I'm like, I didn't know this, re- how to react. I'm like, uh, you just punched me. And then you suddenly, like, snapped out of it. I remember you were real angry, like, in my face, and then, like, punched me. Like, oh, I'm so sorry. You know? I know. I was so <laughs> dying. Like, I went too far. Because you, you, st- you just looked at it, like, what'd you do that for, bro? Yeah, I remember there was a little blood trickling down. Like, yeah, and I was like, this you, is like, why did I just punch this guy, man? I was on his birthday cake and everything. <laughs> I mean, this is terrible. And then we, we became friends, and then we ended up, I think we were running over uh, cars, cars yeah, that was in fun. the middle of the night, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It took a while. I want to ask you uh, a couple more questions, but you, you got to tell me the story. It's in, it's in my new book that's coming out. I wrote about it. I even texted you to ask What about details. your second book where I wrote the forward? That's right. <laughs> that's a good story, the too, man. Forward, yeah. Tell, tell, was, how did that happen? Uh, I believe we were in Puerto Rico, and you were talking about the book. I'm like, yeah. well, how come you didn't ask me to write the forward? I think you, Mick Foley, yeah, Mick Foley wrote it, yeah. Like, well, how come you didn't ask me, bro? Yeah. Like, oh, you want to write it? Write it. So as a joke, I put it on Twitter. Yeah, you never offered. Why don't yeah, you write yeah, something? Right. So I, I wrote something on Twitter, and then I guess it was weeks or months later, like, hey, you still got that that forward? Yeah. So uh, I'm like, yeah, sure. So I sent it to you, and then months went by, and then people were tweeting me like, hey, like the uh, I guess it was the Amazon like pre-sale yeah, 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 came yeah. out. So the first couple pages, the first couple of chapters were online, yeah, and it was there. Like you didn't tell me you were doing it, and it was awesome for me. Yeah, it was great because uh, yeah, Mick had done the 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 forward, and then I was like. When you said that, like, well, how come you didn't ask me? I was like, well, you never offered. Why don't you write something? And then when you did, it was a joke. And then I remember thinking, I should put that in there, <laughs> A, just as kind of a, a rib to you, yeah. like a fun rib, and B, because I think it would be cool because, once again, you're pretty hot, like Zack Ryder writing a forward. That doesn't suck. So I remember I, I had to try and get it get it back from you without telling you. <laughs> right. so I don't remember what, I, what excuse I used. Like, oh, I just like wanted to show somebody the forward. to see it or Yeah, something. my wife wanted <laughs> to see the forward. Remember that forward you did? You yeah. got it? And I did a couple little edits and didn't tell you, and yeah. then it suddenly it came out, right? At autograph signings, people still bring that to me, and I sign <laughs> it, which is pretty cool. So I guess I'm a published writer, right? You are, yeah. absolutely. And a singer. And a, and a, a top 100 singer, yeah. uh, YouTube what, what a, what sensation. A what a career. Main event of WrestleMania. <laughs> main event, yeah. Things. I actually, I actually uh, gave me the inspiration for my third book. I had uh, I, I put up an open casting call to fans, right? Write the forward for Jericho's book. So I actually kind of took this the I did with you and took it a step further. So I used one of the fans' forwards, but didn't tell them. Oh, that's so they cool. won't know until it comes oh, out great. who actually won. But tell us about uh, right before we go. Oh, I know where this is going. The, the <laughs> night that the guy's tights exploded. In the ring, and he was naked in the ring on TV. One of the funniest oh, slash man. most embarrassing moments I've ever seen anybody have to endure. Well, to make the story so much worse, I don't know if you remember this, but I think it was like 98 or 99. There was this MTV True Life, I want to be a professional wrestler thing. Right. And there was this, ca- there was this character on it, Rapid Delivery, Rory Fox. He was like okay. a paper boy. Yeah. So when I get to... Oh, he was, that was his gimmick, a paper gimmick. boy? Was his, like, he was one of the characters on the show. We're going to follow this young guy, <laughs> Rapid Delivery, Rory okay. Fox. So when we get to the show in ECW, I forget where it was, he was an extra that day, and that's where I was working. I'm like, oh, I'm working rapid delivery of Roy Fox. It know? was in Rockford, Illinois. Oh, is that I where remember. it was? Yeah. Okay. And uh, so I was pretty excited. I'm working rapid delivery. <laughs> you know? <laughs> You're like the only guy who knows him. Yeah. And, and he's uh, got like this really super dyed blonde oh, hair. He's kind of going bald. He's like the typical uh, indie worker. So we're in the match, and uh, I don't know if, if I'm punching him or he's punching me, and I pull his tight so he goes into like the turnbuckles. And... <laughs> What happened next is his uh, tights just exploded, explode, like disintegrated, under, like from underneath they ripped. I guess yeah. they were sewed. The seam was underneath, which is not usually how they are on trucks. Right. So I didn't know this. So 
he goes into the buckle, you know, my back's to him. I turn around and he's there fiddling with himself. I thought maybe something fell out, you know? <laughs> I didn't realize that it completely ripped. And not just yeah. ripped, like I said, exploded. <laughs> like there's, he's wearing a waistband, elastic yeah. waistband, and nothing else. So at the time, I think, okay, maybe something fell out. He put it back in. So I give him like a boot in the corner. Yeah. I still keep going. Is that, know, yeah, no, just no. do the Zack Ryder I, boot I, in the corner. I, I grab his legs for like a slingshot, you know, and I'm looking, I'm looking into like the camera. You know, I want to give that facial. So I'm not looking to see what's going on. Boom. I, then I see and when you have him in the slingshot, he's got his, he's covering his balls <laughs> I, with his I'm hands. Even, I'm like so like excited and amped up and the adrenaline's pumping. I'm looking at the camera. I don't even, I'm not even looking at it. Him. And then I hear all these people laughing, and I'm like, "What's what's so funny?" And it's yeah. time to go, and I'm like, "Oh no, I see what's going on." Like, do I pin him now after the slingshot? Do well, I hook the leg? No, I gotta give him the Zach sunset attack flip. First. I have to give him the Zach attack first. <laughs> so I set him up, give him my my weird. And he's, he's bent over. He's bent over. I give him this weird finish where I'm like, my knees on his head. And I grab his arm and I fall backwards, and he's trying to cover up. I, th- I believe I hook his leg. I'm not sure. One, oh two, three. Oh, my gosh. And I, they threw him a towel. I felt oh. so bad. And then I'm like, I don't, what's going to happen? Like, am yeah. I going to get through Gorilla and everyone's going to be yelling at me? I didn't know what to do. <laughs> and everyone's dying. Mr. McMahon's dying. Everyone in Gorilla's dying laughing. It was so funny. And the best of all is right before you gave him the kick in the corner, they showed a, f- a close-up of his face, and he's covering his junk with his hands. And you see him go, oh, God. <laughs> Oh, they must have. Oh, they showed that a few times in replays. Oh, God. And in the back, he was like mad. He was like, you got to learn how to pull someone's tights and stuff. (laughs) He was mad at you. He was mad at me. I'm like, dude, your gear. What what is this made out of dust? You know? (laughs) And then years later, like I found him on Twitter. And like he thought like I did it like on purpose. And I said, oh, dude, I'm sorry. We're all cool now. (laughs) How could you rip someone's tights on purpose? Exactly. And that was funny. The Julian Terrier seamstresses, they were analyzing. Like, well, the seam has to be underneath. There's no way that could happen. Because they just explode. <laughs> and dude, when you had him bent over with his, you know, his his franks and beans are hanging <laughs> oh, out. Man. I have never felt so embarrassed. I remember backstage after he stuck around. Yeah. Like I would have ran out the door, I've and you never, never would have seen him again. again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I remember Scotty Armstrong was trying to be like positive. I said, oh, now they know who you are, yeah. man. Now they got something. You, you know, they're gonna always remember this, and they're gonna know who you are, man. And that show was live to tape, so it would air a couple hours later. So when you watch it on television, you only see like my chest up, like doing moves. Oh, they actually they, still showed they, it. They showed the match, but it's oh, all edited. You see like my face and my chest. Like, what's exactly going on here? Oh, that is so like some funny. Pictures online if you want to Google that. It's, uh, it's now, pretty funny. I'm assuming that's not your favorite match. What's your favorite match that you ever had if you had to pick one? Uh, I would uh, That I've been in? Yeah. I'd say for sure uh, myself versus Dolph Ziggler at TLC when I won the U.S. title. Oh, wow. Because it was a, a year long. Like I, I started the YouTube show in February of that year as a nobody like we discussed. And then the whole year built my way up to this match. So for me, it was... WrestleMania for the World Heavyweight Championship. And my dad was in the audience and I won and the people were going crazy. And it was just like, if my career ended the next day, that would have been a You'll perfect always way to have that, it, you know? yeah. And uh, what's your favorite uh, New Kids in the Block song? <laughs> uh, Summertime, <laughs> which came out later, not one of the originals. <laughs> not one of the originals, yeah. yeah. Mine was always uh, the right stuff. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> hey, man. Great talking today. I really appreciate you uh, driving out here on the LI, yep. talking to Zach Ryder. And, uh, Liberty. I drove here on my Liberty. Oh, did you? Yeah. My dream car is the Cherokee, but I got I got the Liberty. Would you have? Why don't you have a Cherokee? It's too expensive. Oh, okay. I had a, I leased a Cherokee, then it was time to buy one. I'm like, I'm going to get the Liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Especially now when you're not on the road as yeah. much. <laughs> All right, brother. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. Thanks to Zach Ryder for being here. What a cool guy. And getting a resurgence, a big win on Raw this week. 
Thanks to all of you for listening, and thanks to all of you who have picked up the new Fozzie record, Do You Want to Start a War? Number one on iTunes in the U.S., Canada, U.K., and Australia. Big ups to all of you who bought it. Big ups to all of you who checked it out. And thanks to everyone who came out to the whiskey on the famous Sunset Strip. Helped us sell that place out last night to celebrate the release and see Fozzie live for the first show on the Do You Want to Start a War tour. Always a historic Honor to play the Whiskey, such a a famous, famous place. Some of the biggest bands of all time cut their teeth there, played there, Led Zeppelin, Guns N' Roses, Motley Crue, The Doors. The list goes on and on and on. And now Fozzie, for the second time, selling out the Whiskey. Thanks to all of you who were there. Another big thanks to all of you who've been doing your online shopping through my Amazon link. Totally helping out this show. Really easy to find. Go to podcastone.com. Click on the Keep Our Podcasts Free banner at the top of the page. Then click on Talk is Jericho. You see all three of my Amazon links. Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, and uh, here we go. Everybody's going Amazon. Amazon USA. (laughs) Oh, that's so bad. I love it. Every time you do it, Amazon kicks back a little cash to the show. So we can keep doing this for you for free for twice a week. No hidden fees or extra charges. You're just getting your shopping done. You're helping me out in the process. And you know I love to love you, baby, because of it. So that's it. Another edition of Talk is Jericho. We will see you next week. But in the meantime and in between time, stay hard, stay hungry. Peace, love, and hugs. And a big yeah, boy! You can download new episodes of Talk is Jericho every Wednesday and Friday at podcast1.com. That's podcastone.com. 